Hey, Jen, want to talk about getting the most from your marriage? Uh, I have a feeling you expect me to. Great. Today we're asking the question, what do you want from your marriage? Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com. We're talking about expectations. It's the new year and typically a time when people make resolutions. Ah, yes. The typical New Year's resolution that's often broken by February 1st. (laughs) (laughs) Or or sooner. Um, And that's one of the reasons I'm not really into resolutions personally, but I, I do like to often set goals for myself. And so even if you're not into resolutions... This is certainly a time when most of us reconsider the past and look forward to new opportunities. Right. Yes. Well, that said, just because the calendar turned doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything's gotten any better. And I think we uh, <laughs> yep. unfortunately have realized that, that uh, hope has uh, been disappointed uh, up to this point. But if you're married, you probably, or at least you ought to be, constantly assessing your marriage relationship and the new year is a great time to do that. Right. And Recommend that, uh, you know, have a have a date night here um, within January. Kind of always have that on the calendar, if you can, to kind of do some reassessment. So we're going to guide you this, this podcast on maybe what are some ways that you can reassess your marriage. Perfect. And I think the question that we often ask ourselves at this point in the, uh, in the year is, what do I want for my marriage? Hmm, seems like a in, good question. In 2021. Yeah. What do I want from my marriage? We do this in our other lives as well. Like, what do I want for my, what do I want from my job? What do I want from my other relationships? Right. What do I want from uh, whatever it is that I'm uh, trying to endeavor? That's a reasonably good question. It's a common question, but I think it's the wrong question. If, All right. If we approach our marriage from the perspective of what am I getting out of it, mm-hmm. then I think we're doomed to mediocrity mm. or worse. Uh, because I, I think this question, what do I want from my marriage, is inherently self-seeking. And it's interested only in what I can take from the relationship rather than what I'm giving to the relationship. You're going to need to say more about that. <laughs> okay, well, so realistically speaking, I, I think all of us go into relationships and we look at our relationships, especially marriage, from a self-seeking motivation, right? I mean, I think even all of us that are Christians, we look at our relationship with Christ from a self-seeking motivation, especially from the beginning. I mean, why did most of us come to Jesus? Why did most of us mm. want to be saved? Well, oftentimes, if if you've grown up in a home where you've been able to be taught and know the Lord, which is a beautiful scenario, um, I think a lot of times in those cases, your motivation especially is, I don't want to go to hell. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's, I mean, I think all of us come to Jesus. At some point, we recognize the brokenness of our own life. Mm-hmm. We recognize that we can't do this on our own. We recognize right. that there is something bigger than ourselves. And so we're motivated a lot of times out of fear yeah. and we're motivated out of, um, you know, worry about going to hell uh, as as a, sometimes a primary or sometimes maybe the reason why we come to Christ. Right. That's selfish, right? That's me trying to avoid something painful or harmful to myself. That is a selfish motivation. Does that make it wrong? I don't think so. Mm. Because I think... It's not wrong to start there. It's not wrong to start there. That's perfectly fine. And and I think that all of us go into marriage for the same reasons. Okay. We we don't... uh, You know, you can say whatever you want, but you did not get married so that you could fully and completely submit your desires and wills towards someone else. Yeah, we don't have a clue what that looks like until we're stuck no. in this relationship. <laughs> and and, and our, our words betray us because we yeah. we tell our spouses, I, you know, we want to marry you because you make me a better person. You make mm-hmm. me feel great. Mm-hmm. I, I love being around you. You're my best friend. I get every, you know, you... You meet all of these needs for me, mm-hmm. and, and you check all these boxes. We ask the question, will you marry me? Yeah. Will you marry me? Will you be with me? Will you mm-hmm. stay with me? Will you be loyal to me? It's a self-centered question. It's all about me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, is that wrong? Not to start. I don't think so. Okay. I, I think um, you know none of us would get married if we didn't think that there was something beneficial for us. Right. I mean, that's just kind of part of human nature is you typically don't put yourself in a position where there's not any benefit for your own self. Yeah. And, and we're blinded by infatuation at this stage. Uh, and so we can't see all of the uh, bad things that are about to happen to us when we get married, right. nor should we. And, that, and that's part of the point. But and you're s- saying a relationship should grow. Our relationship well, sure. with Christ should grow past... I don't want to go to hell to... Sure. If, I, if I've been a Christian for a quarter of a century or longer at this point in my life, um, my relationship with Christ looks very different and my motivations for serving Christ are very different at this mm-hmm. stage. My, my Yes, I, I'm afraid to go to hell, but that has almost nothing to do with why I serve Christ today. That has almost nothing to do with why I behave the way that I behave. Mm-hmm. That has almost nothing to do... In fact, I don't even think about that on a regular basis. What I am more interested in is all of the ways that getting to know Christ has positively impacted my life and more importantly, positively impacted His purpose. And so as my relationship with Christ has grown and matured, so have my motivations for serving Him. Gotcha. So it becomes more about how do I serve him and less about what do I get out of this? Exactly right. right. Now, and so my, my relationship with Christ is deepened by my own service to him. Right. And it, it is less important about what am I getting out of it. Now, the ironic and beautiful coincidence here is that the more that I serve him, the more benefit I get from that relationship. Right. So the more that I humble myself towards his will, the better it is for me. All right. So that then gets applied into our marriage. And what you're proposing is that the question, what do I want 
from my marriage isn't quite the right question to be asking because that question is inherently self-centered. It, and, it is. And so there's... There's more so to what it. Do, so what does that look like? Because that feels kind of theoretical. Let's maybe give some examples of what are... How do you know when you're actually asking that kind of question? So if I'm asking what do I want from my marriage... Mm-hmm. That looks like a New Year's resolution of, well, I want more sex in my marriage. Or I want less sex. Or in I my want marriage. less sex. Or I want more date nights. Mm-hmm. Or I want more free time. Exactly. Or I want to feel closer mm-hmm. to my spouse. Okay. Or I want, uh, I want my spouse to leave me alone. <laughs> or I want my spouse to talk to me more. Exactly. Okay. All of those things. If if when you hear the question, New Year's resolutions for your marriage, and the things that pop into your mind are things that I want more of or less of from my spouse, then perhaps I'm looking at this the wrong way. Yeah. Wow. Now, now, are these legitimate desires? Well, sure. Is it a legitimate desire for me to say, I would like to have more sex? No, that's fine. If that's what you want, that's that's perfectly reasonable and legitimate. And I don't fault you for having those desires. There's nothing wrong with having these desires. But here's the thing. There's no amount of wanting this. There's no amount of pressuring. There's no amount of avoiding. Or there's no amount of even loving your spouse enough that will ensure that you can get any of these things. Right. So having that as a resolution is immediately setting yourself up for disappointment because you don't have ultimately the control to get any of those things. Hmm. Right. Because inherently in all of those, those um, desires and resolutions is the pressure upon your spouse to meet that. Yes. So it's all of the, that framework then is all about expectations from your spouse and what they are or are not doing or giving. Expectations of what can you do for me? Yeah. Or the expectation of these are my demands. I need you to meet. That's not, not, it's not wrong to want more communication, more sex, you know, a, a better sexual relationship, a closer, you know, emotional tie to one another. No, those, those might all be good things. Right. And good things even for your marriage. Yeah. But that's not where this conversation has to start. Right. Because you can't, you can't approach your marriage in any way of fixing your marriage. Right. And, and people come to us all the time. They know that we do uh, couples coaching. They know that we do premarital uh, counseling. They come to us all the time. And they come to us from the standpoint of, you know, Matt and Jen, I need you to help me fix my marriage. Yeah. And that's great, and we're happy to try to help them have a better marriage. But the first thing that we tell them from the outset is, I can't fix your marriage. In fact, you can't fix your marriage. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the Word of God can't fix your marriage. Mm -hmm. Because the Word of God is only written to you. And you only have the power to change you. Yeah. So... If you want something new for your marriage, stop looking at your spouse. Mm. You've got to look at yourself. 
Okay, so I feel like this has been a bit of a downer so far in our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so... So if you feel stuck or trapped in a relationship where your desires are never met, I mean, is that it? Like, oh, well, you're stuck. Well, what do we do in that situation? Well, let's talk about that more after the break. Friends, we appreciate you. We're thankful for your continued support and encouragement. Your downloads, your ratings, your reviews are so deeply touching. It means the world to us when you reach out with words of encouragement through your emails, social media posts, and especially those hugs when we get to meet some of you in person. It is encouraging to know that our work with this podcast and other projects are benefiting you. If the podcast has been a blessing to you, and to your marriage, we would humbly ask that you consider supporting us at Patreon. Your monthly gift, as little as $5, would go a long way to helping us continue to produce this podcast and fund the many other plans that we have for the future to continue to help spread God's plan for marriage and holy sexuality. For more information and to support Intimate Covenant, go to patreon.com slash intimate covenant. We'd be honored for you to join us in this important work. Let's do it. All right, Matt. So we spent all of our first part kind of telling people how they're wrong in their question. (laughs) What do I want from my marriage? So tell us now then if what do I want from my marriage is the wrong mindset and the wrong question, what it, what's the right question? Because Here's, they should be evaluating their marriage oh, at this need, time. You need to be asking questions. Yeah. So what's the right question? I think the better uh, perspective is, what do I want for my marriage? Similar letters. We're just uh, rearranging the O and the R and leaving off the M. Okay. You can look at it that way. <laughs> what, I'm a word girl. <laughs> here we go. What do I want for my marriage is... A better question because if I have any expectation of getting anything from my marriage, I've got to be willing to put in at least that much. Okay. Uh, it, it's no different than any other endeavor, right? If I expect to be fulfilled in my work, then I can't show up and just put in the bare minimum and expect to be fulfilled from that. Right. If I expect to gain anything from my association with my church family, I've got to be willing to put something into that in order to be fulfilled by it. In fact, even if you just look at the sense of like our worship, if I go to church and show up and sit in the pew and just expect to sit there and be filled up by the Spirit without having done any preparation on my part, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get anything from it. Right. I'm not going to get as much at least. Right. But if I went to worship prepared to meet God... Mm-hmm prepared to be with him, prepared to honor him, and prepared to worship him, and prepared to get to know him, guess what? I might actually find him there. Yeah, because it's a different, it's a paradigm shift. It's not, what am I getting? It's, what am I giving? What am I giving? Mm-hmm. And a- so, that's all about you. It's, it's that, that is, you have control of that. Then. Yeah, I, I have control of that. Right, right. exactly. 
So your resolution shouldn't be what, um, what can I get, but what can I give? What am I holding back? What does my spouse need from me? That I'm maybe not providing. Yes. What? So they're, they're, they're I questions, but they're I questions pointed right back at you. Yeah. It's a look in the mirror. I mean, this, yeah. this has to start with some self-reflection yeah. and humility. Philippians 2. Oh, that's a, that's a good place. That's a great place to start. Right. You know, maybe we should all spend January 1st reading Philippians 2. Yeah. How, how can I give more? Mm-hmm. How can I learn not just to give more? How can I learn to give all? Right. How can I adopt the mindset of Christ who gave all? Not for what he could get out of it, but what he could give to us. Yeah. So maybe here's some questions to to think about then in this context. Where is there conflict in my marriage and what is my role in that conflict? That second question is really where your emphasis has to be because... We can all too often think of, oh, I know where there's conflict in my marriage, and here's all the things that you're doing to cause that conflict. Yeah, there's conflict because my wife won't give me enough sex. Mm-hmm. Well, there's conflict yes. because he won't talk to me enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but what is my role in that? What have what can I do that might make sex a safer place for my spouse? Mm-hmm. What or, what am I doing that that is maybe causing him to not? want to open up to me? How do I respond when he does talk to me? Right. Where, where's, where am I criticizing or yeah. where am I beating down? Where am I mm-hmm. uh, making this encounter uh, challenging and more difficult for my spouse? Right. Um, I think those are some, some good places to start. Where are my attitudes self-centered toward my relationship? And a good place to kind of evaluate that is to think about, well, where am I disappointed? Mm. What am I disappointed in when it comes to my relationship or even resentful? Right. Where do I have, where do those feelings come from? What, what things do my spouse or where are they, what are they doing or not doing that causes those feelings of disappointment or resentment? And then flip that and recognize what can I do in those realms or those arenas of this relationship that might help to smooth that over? Where can I serve? Right. Because we're not saying that this is always your fault. No, you know? of course not. Two people in a relationship are going to wound one another. And sometimes you're not the one who did the wounding. You are the one who was wounded. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that you just ignore the fact that you've been wounded but you can you can't approach that conflict from the standpoint of only focusing on fixing the other. I mean, you can approach it that way, <laughs> but you're not going to have any say in how that ends up. Yeah, the it, only thing you can do is be a better spouse yourself. That's right. The only thing you can change is yourself. Right. So it's up to you to and figure out what your role is yes. and where can you be an encouragement and an example in moving in the right direction. Right. It's it's okay, it's good, it's right, it's healthy to want your marriage to constantly be growing. But Yeah, I mean that's you, why we do this podcast. Exactly. We, we're not telling you to settle no, for being disrespected you or you can only being control you and so you be the one to do the growth. Yes. In other words, 
I will give everything even if I get nothing. That's exactly right. So if I approach my new year from the standpoint of how can I do a better job of giving everything, then frankly, by the end of the year, when I come time to evaluate how did I do, it really doesn't matter how my spouse responded or didn't respond because I had the mindset all year of evaluating my own self exactly. and my own actions. Yeah, because if, if, if your resolutions, if meeting your resolutions requires someone else to do something, then you're doomed to failure. Yeah. But if you set a resolution that regardless of what happens, I'm going to do a better job of serving my spouse in this way. Yeah. Well, then that's on you. So, Matt, in order for us to know how to better serve our spouses, that requires some conversation. Yes. Because... Again, you can't know what it is your spouse wants or needs unless you're asking them. Oh, yeah. A so lot don't of us just pursuers, assume. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of us pursuers assume we already know. Yeah. Um, whether that's an emotional pursuer, we already assume that what right. our spouse needs or knows or wants emotionally. Sexual pers- pursuers, we, we are so good at assuming that if our spouse would just do this, then everything would be better. Well, frankly, you don't know. Right. So it requires conversation, but then that means it also requires vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, because what if my spouse tells me, you know what, I don't, I don't really talk to you a lot because every time I do, I get criticized. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. If you, if you are opening yourself up to seeking how you can be a better spouse, that means that you have to be open to criticism. Mm-hmm. And and open to criticism and open to trying, desperately trying to see things from your spouse's perspective. Yes. Because what is true to you may not feel true to them. Right. Um, about the way that you behave, the way that you react, um, what the the, uh, the idea that you're trying to give off um, doesn't always come across the way that you think it does. Right. I mean, very few of us really legitimately are out to hurt somebody else, right? Right. So, Nine times out of ten, you can be assured that they have good motives, but what they're doing may come across hurtful because of a lack of communication about it, you know. So seek to understand your own spouse's perspective. So what does that look like? Well, I think we could really kind of bring in those four realms of intimacy here, Matt, Mm -hmm. and and maybe kind of talk about. What does it look like in each of those four different yeah, aspects? Because I, I think this conversation needs to center around these four different realms to, that would that incorporate all of the realms of your relationship. If you're just going to focus on sex, you're not going to be as successful if you haven't also incorporated building your spiritual relationship, your emotional relationship, your mental relationship. Uh, so you've, you've right. got to look at all of those different realms and seek to build your relationship in all of those different ways. But... So this conversation needs to be all-encompassing, and this is probably not a conversation that you can even have in one night. This is a conversation oh. that needs to happen throughout the year uh, mm-hmm. in different ways and in different in different means. So yes, that means you have to have more than one date in 2021. Yeah, yeah. We're, start, we're, start out January. We're prescribing this. Lots of dates. Yes. <laughs> Listen, people, we need more dates. <laughs> so I think you need to ask, what does my spouse need from me emotionally. Okay. Yeah. Let's start there. Yeah. And and you need to ask that question. What can I do for you that would um, 
make you feel better about the relationship? How how are you feeling about the relationship? There's the first start. How are you feeling about the relationship? You know, you you can't just assume that you know. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about our relationship? How are you feeling about the kids? How are you feeling about my interaction with the kids? Mm -hmm. You know, that's important to hear from your spouse how they perceive you as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, Asking the question, how are you feeling about your job and and the areas within our lives that you have kind of um, responsibility for? What does that look like? And and how do you feel about that? Um, And really the goal then is what burden can I take off of your plate? Yeah, yeah. What what can I do that... Um, would help to ease some of that anxiety or that stress or um, how can I even accentuate the good feelings that we have about each other and about our family? Um, how can we reinforce those right. uh, th- th- those uh, good emotional bonds that we have? Right. So, you know, again, getting into the four realms there of intimacy. So also ask these similar questions when it comes to your sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And again, the question is not how do I get more out of our sex relationship, but what can I give better? So maybe what are specific things that I can do in our sexual relationship that will provide a deeper connection for you? Exactly. And you you notice that we did not ask the question, what can I do that would make sex more exciting or more um, thrilling or titillating mm-hmm. for myself or for you. But the place to start with this conversation is what can I do to provide a deeper connection? Because yes. again, the purpose for your sexual relationship is not pleasure. Right. That is what happens. That is part of the design for sex in your relationship, but that is not the purpose. Right. The purpose for sex is to become one flesh. Mm-hmm. And to be more deeply connected, more known. Right. So ask your spouse, what can I do to bring a deeper connection? Yeah. And that's where this needs to start. Now, yeah. guess what? More pleasure in sex yeah. can provide deeper connection. Right. So that is something that you should be exploring. How can I bring you more pleasure? Yes. And I think that's often a tough question, especially for responders. Hmm. Um. Pursuers are really good at asking kind of that question, but but they ask it with, a, I already know the answer. You really <laughs> want to do X, Y, Z. <laughs> but especially... Which, yeah, they, they, pursuers are going to ask, like, which sex toy should we buy for 2021? <laughs> right, right. I think responders need to be open to asking the question, how can I bring my spouse more pleasure? And responders recognize that the answer to that question probably is a little bit outside of your comfort zone. That's frequently, we tend to um, default to what is comfortable for both of us, mm-hmm. and and responders especially tend to kind of just like to stay within that little circle. But the question to ask is, where else can we work on bringing a different sense of pleasure into our relationship? And so you might need to push yourself to get a little bit outside of your comfort box. Yeah. And sometimes you might do things that may not necessarily bring you as much pleasure as yeah. uh, other things. 
but recognize that the goal is connection and, and showing your spouse um, that you're willing to sacrifice, that you're willing to explore, that you're willing to go there with them yes. um, in, in something new and exciting might, might, might not be new and exciting to you, especially the first time. But you know what? The, the amazing thing is that sometimes when you go outside that box, you might find something that after two or three times becomes more comfortable and in fact even becomes more pleasurable. And again, because that shared pleasure is meant to bring about a shared connection. Mm-hmm. So it's not just be a piece of meat laying there. Right. <laughs> this right. is all about sharing this together. Go there in a way that mm-hmm. provides more connection. Right. And, and brings you both pleasure and connection. All right. Well, what about mentally? How can we, what's kind of some questions we could ask our spouse? Well, this is a, I mean, this is sort of a basic thing. And this is something you probably are asking yourself already, but like, what, what are my dreams or my goals? What am I going to try to accomplish? You need to flip this question. Yes. Not what am I going to accomplish, but what does my spouse want to accomplish? What are their dreams and goals for the coming year? And how? What is my role in trying to provide the fulfillment of those dreams and goals? Right, and you know, in January we're often really good at looking at these kind of lofty dreams and goals, which isn't necessarily wrong. Right. But I think one of the reasons a lot of resolutions fail is because we we fail to apply that to daily life. Right. So when you're asking your spouse. What are your dreams and goals for the coming year? How can I help you achieve these goals? Don't neglect that the fact is there's day-to-day things that need to be addressed. So the question then really is, what task can I do better in our day-to-day life that will better support you? Mm -hmm. You know, it's the the nitty-gritty, right? It's the... You know, would it help you more if I put my laundry actually in the basket? (laughs) It might be a good question to yes. ask. <laughs> yes. I mean, and if your spouse asks you this question, your answers need to be as specific as possible. I mean, yeah. if they say, what can I do to help you accomplish your dreams and goals? It's not like be a better person. I mean, yeah. What, yeah. what does that even mean? That, right. That you right. can't start there. You've got to start with, um, you know, let's put my, can, can we put our socks in the laundry basket. Right. That might be the, a good place to start. Right. Not that we have laundry problems in the Schmidt household. Oh, it's my just, word. You know, it's a good example, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. How about spiritually? Yeah. And I think this is unfortunately one that's often neglected in our day-to-day Absolutely. lives. It's neglected in the conversation with our spouse. We think that just because we uh, both sit on the same pew in the same church building that we have a, a deep spiritual connection and you might have a deep spiritual connection with God, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a connection with each other. Right. So ask the question, how can I be a spiritual encouragement to you? Yeah. And you know? so maybe that means that you are going to try to pray together um, mm-hmm. on a regular basis or that you're going to read together. You're going to discuss your Bible lessons together mm-hmm. instead of each preparing separately. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but th- another side of this, though, then is accountability. Yes. So I think more so we have a spiritual connection with one another when we're vulnerable with one another mm-hmm. and we really share what are our struggles. Yeah. And so if you come to your spouse with, what are you struggling with spiritually? Mm-hmm. And then how can I help hold you accountable mm-hmm. to that? 
you know, that's again a place of incredible vulnerability. Yeah, and and it means that I have to be willing to be confronted by my own sin. Yeah. If I struggle with lust or pornography or whatever it might be, um, I need to be willing to let my spouse know where I'm struggling, not so that they can fix it for me, mm-hmm. but so that they can check in with me once in a while. And I've got to be willing to be open and honest with them to say, yeah, I'm having right. a hard time with that this week. I need you to pray for me. I need you to keep checking in with me. Right. Um, that's not pleasant to be held accountable, right. especially when you're on the wrong end of being accountable. Yeah. Uh, but it it's also a place where we need to be bold enough um, with ourselves and with each other to recognize the value of someone holding us accountable right? Uh, and be brave enough to ask the hard question of, because sometimes we avoid accountability because we don't want to really even know. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to confront our spouse because we don't really want to know how bad it might be. Yeah, We're afraid to pull that, that blind back and see what's behind there because uh, we probably have a suspicion mm-hmm. that our spouse is struggling with this or that. But we don't ask them because we just would rather ignore it and pretend that everything's fine. Right, right. So, I mean, again, you know, this is all about what do you want for, you know, my our marriage. I mean, asking our spouse, our spouses, the hard questions, being willing to hear from them, versus just what what can I get out of this? Yes, we must. Move the conversation past what is it, what can I get out of this and move it towards what is best for my spouse. Give us our wrap up. We must mature past the selfish motivations of relationships and begin to see the true fulfillment of covenant love, which is built on self-sacrifice in your marriage and in your relationship to God. For this new year and every day, continue to ask the questions, what do I want for my marriage? And what more can I give to this covenant? Begin the assessment of your relationship with humility and honest self-reflection. Then have a conversation with your spouse to determine what you can do for them and for your marriage. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about what you can do better for your marriage. How can you serve your spouse better? What changes can you make this year to improve the intimate connection in your marriage? Thanks for listening and for all your support. We are so excited to join with you in this coming year to continue to share the beauty of God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality. We love you, and we urge you to keep striving and don't settle. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. 
May God continue to bless your marriage.